today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The Canadian delegation is in China pushing for the release of detainees uh, that have been there since December of last year. Uh, many have uh, various, uh, certainly the opposition, Andrew Scheer, jumping on this saying Trudeau should be doing more. Many have said there's not much more Trudeau can do as we are a pawn uh, between the two superpowers of China and the United States. Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. He's with us now. Elliot, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Scott. So uh, the latest attempt to uh, uh, send a delegation over and, and calm the waters, I understand we're not meeting with very high levels of government, but is this a start? What are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting that China has not foreclosed all such visits. Had this been escalated to even yet another higher notch than Nova Scotia's premier who was just there and this delegation, they were there in January, they're back now would also uh, not be allowed in. So there are still, the main message here is there's still some things going on, a lot of business as well, still going on between the two states. Nevertheless, uh, I don't expect, and this, I don't think this delegation expects, they're going to make a big difference on the high-level dispute between Canada and China. How long are they there? What's their agenda? Who are they meeting with? I well, mean, they're going, to think, from the 20th to the 25th, and they're going to... Uh, a number of different centers. They're not going to Beijing. I noticed with interest they're going to Macau, um, a lovely little island that's actually a casino center. Mm. So I don't know what the visit for, but it's now become a business center and something of a high tech. So they're meeting with with uh, a whole range of people, but they're technically a legislative um, committee, a, a legislative. Uh, organization between the two states and that's not actually with whom they are meeting so there really is nothing concrete here this is uh more of just keeping the lines of communication open series of meetings well it's it means that some types of business as usual at a low level are ongoing despite the high level issues uh, that we all note and talk about in which i believe are fundamentally changing global perceptions of how China operates in the world. Uh, so is this tra- 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 uh, traditionally uh, a business-type meeting in which these, you know, the subjects of the detainees will come up, or is this specific about detainees? Well, the meeting, is, their mission is not about the detainees. It's yeah. highly likely they'll bring it up if they have an opportunity, but it's not with people who can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, the, the delegation is led by Senator Day. He's very senior, very affable, easy to get along with. Uh, and I think in that sense, uh, an effective Canadian political representative and uh, you know, several of the other people on this, on this delegation. But this is not going to be the problem-solving delegation unless China is looking for a way to send a signal that the time has come for a change. And that if, if that's the case, they have people, our people, there now who can... Uh, who can deliver, receive that message and deliver it. What type of change? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I, if China's now willing to say, if China's, let me put it this way, is there an off-ramp between the dispute we have uh, right, right now, and yeah. right now it's an expanding dispute, right. because as you know, it's not just these two individuals who've gone from being interrogated to being formally charged, and uh, that's a very significant step, and as you know, there was also another Canadian who was languishing on a drug charge, and, yep. and that was suddenly brought to the front burner and a death penalty applied. And all of that is, I think, pretty clearly related to the dispute. 
uh, we should remind ourselves we have taken, in the Chinese view, prisoner and hostage of a very, very important part of their system. And they are reacting in a very high-level way. Uh, this is not a, a, a small matter for them, and they're, they're a big power, and, sh- and that's one thing they're doing. They're showing they're a big power, and Canada, in effect, is paying the cost. So that's one of the things to remind ourselves. I think there's something else that we should remind ourselves about this whole situation. We're into this because of the American-Iranian policy. Yeah. The reasons we're in this situation is that the U.S. is trying to apply sanctions to Iran, increasing the pressure there, and that uh, Huawei was, and we have the representative of Huawei now under uh, house arrest in Canada as a result, facing an extradition charge to the U.S., because her company was charged with violating the sanctions through money laundering and some banking arrangements. So, so is all of this irrelevant until that story moves forward? Well, that's the, that seems to be the, uh, the situation. And yeah. so far, the U.S., although we had a little bit of verbal support from Pompeo and Secretary of State in, in December, and I see that uh, National Security Advisor Bolton has just said, oh, gee, that's too bad. But we're not actually getting a lot of action out of the U.S. to help resolve this. They haven't said, yes, we want to proceed with this extradition, and we hope Canada, we're sending up a plane, you know, get it through your courts, and we'll take her off your hands. Or they're not saying, well, never mind, we dropped this. So we are indeed caught uh, as, as, as between these two powers. The question of an off-ramp is interesting. Uh, if China has decided on their own that this has gone far enough and that something has to be done to improve, if not getting this issue out of the way, but improve relations, uh, there's a way they can do it. And our ambassador, former ambassador there, Guy Shenzhak, has just said, you know, we've, we set up something, and I've got it in front of me, a Canada-China high-level dialogue on national security and the rule of law. This was a high-level dele- uh, bilateral delegation uh, set up an instrument to set up between the two states, and, and, and involves explicitly extradition issues. So if China is looking for, for a way out, an off-ramp, at least to de-escalate, there's a way to do it. That delegation you just referred to is there. They've got other channels. They've got this one. But right now, in fact, this is being escalated. You, I hope you've noticed, and we've all noticed, that China is saying, well, we have this bilateral dispute over, over uh, Huawei, but We've also suddenly found some economic levers to press Canada, and that involves canola. Suddenly our high-quality product, and China is one of our major, major sources of purchase of that high-level product. To put it another way, China has been depending on Canada for this crop, and and we've been heavily uh, selling to them. Oh, no, now uh, for non-tariff barrier reasons, and and the same is going on pork. So they are widening this with an open... Um, second front, so to speak. So, at the end of that. the at the end of the day, Elliot, as you said, nobody there is there does not seem to be a off ramp. Uh, is there any reason to believe that the Huawei CFO will not be extradited? You know, this goes back to the Iran situation, which was long before Donald Trump. Um, so, again, is there any reason to believe that, that this isn't all going to proceed, meaning she will be extradited? What does that do to the yes, U.S.? I think there's uh, two ways to answer that. The first is uh, going through our court system, and you'll note that every single time this is raised by the government of Canada, 
uh, we use the term rule of law, rule of law, all over and over again. This yeah. is now in our court systems. Our courts are independent. This could work its way through the court system, and she can be released. And ultimately, it does go to our Minister of Justice for a final determination. And he could say, well, it, for various technical and legal reasons, yes, we're going to release her because it doesn't meet whatever criteria is there. So that's right. one possibility. A second is that Canada can also open up a second front, so to speak, in this. Uh, there's been an interesting suggestion that a human rights front might be open, that the Global Magnitsky Act, which we have passed, can now be applied to China over its treatment of the Uyghur population, a million Muslims put basically in concentration and re-education camps. This is a violation of fundamental human rights. We could start sanctioning individuals involved in that operation as a, as a form of leverage. I don't think that would change the equation, but it would certainly give us at least a bit more leverage than we have now, absent American leverage from the U.S. and absent any sign at all that China is willing to uh, change the change the tune, change the dial on this. Well, uh, w- is there any way China and the U.S. can come c- to some sort of trade deal that will not involve the Huawei CFO? Well, it doesn't. It, it looks as if on that trade front, it's expanding. That is, Huawei is now being targeted by the U.S. Yeah. Not over Iran, but over other issues in the trade war. And uh, the U.S. is saying Huawei is a security threat and is putting a lot of pressure on now to have the um, have Huawei basically banned from the from the technology of the future, the 5G, because America says it's a security op- risk. And Google has just gone along with this. And also, less noticed, the major chip companies, Intel and Qualcomm, have also said, well, we also are not going to deal with Huawei. So the pressure is being put on the U.S. on Huawei on security grounds. And who knows? Donald Trump early on said, well, if we can reach a trade deal with China, we won't bother extraditing uh, Matt right. Meng, yeah. and so the, the, the COO that we have uh, in Canada. So if that's the case, he's now mixing together yeah. together trade issues with extradition issues, which mm-hmm. is a legal issue. So it's entirely possible if the U.S. and China could reach some kind of an arrangement on trade that, yes, we would then get off the hook. But it's going all in the other direction right now. The, the trade issues are escalating, and also specifically the Huawei aspect of the trade issues has now been declared a security issue for the U.S. And that is a widening front, and that's not going to be good news for us. So uh, consi- uh, we, we certainly know where the U.S. stands on this and the aggression and, and, and the way they've dug their heels in in regard to the 5G network and such. We certainly know that China, uh, how it handles uh, its affairs with the de- uh, these Canadians being detained and such. Is it possible that we'll see China soften its position, realize that perhaps from from an optics point uh, from an optics uh, standpoint this is just not the direction they want to be going in well i think this is a kind of a watershed moment for china in a way and accidentally canada's caught up with it uh, canada and i think more widely europe and elsewhere had a kind of vague but positive issue uh, image of china yeah until this mm-hmm. and now china is standing forth and being revealed as a country that is not that way. It's now a clarified and, and definitely negative view of China. So Canada, Canada's doing 
the correct thing. We are working with multiple allies, not just the U.S. We are trying to mobilize global opinion that China is not behaving uh, according to the rule of law, not behaving as a responsible power. So challenging China basically where it really hurts, I mean, it could hurt economically, but we don't have the levers for that, and others are not going to join us. This is the U.S. and Huawei and the trade wars. But what we are doing is saying, look, everyone, if, if, if they're treating us like this today, yeah. they could be treating you like that tomorrow. Exactly. So you'd better join with us to say to China at this watershed moment, which is unexpectedly a watershed moment, you want to emerge as a global leader. You want to be seen as the responsible leader of the global community, but you are not following the rules of law, and everybody now sees that. Uh, we certainly know, and, and there's lots of criticism to be made in and around how Donald Trump handles things. Is he holding China to account here? Well, I think that he's getting credit for doing what has been necessary for a long time and which wasn't happening effectively. That is, China's rise has been in part by taking actions which are um, questionable in terms of intellectual property theft, through, even through hacking, through illicit means, but also by uh, the kinds of trade barriers that allows stuff to go out, but not material to go in. So China has not been playing by the rules, and this has been going on for a long time. They've also been accused of currency manipulation. Um, And all of that is now becoming clearer as part of this dispute. But we also have to stand back from this in another way. Right now, we have a situation where the U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods is starting to hurt farmers in America, and we have this in in our canola side of things as well. So the U.S. is starting to write checks out of their central treasury to those affected by the Chinese tariffs tariffs on China. Mm -hmm. But where's the U.S. going to get the money for that? They've got to go borrow it. And who buys America's debt? It's China. Hmm. Uh, China holds over a trillion dollars of U.S. debt. So when we talk about trade wars and power politics and all that, we have to keep in mind that we have a highly interdependent world and that these two powers, and we are caught on the, in, the, in the midst of it, these two powers have, have so much responsibility for guiding where the world goes yeah. and the future of the global economy, not just of uh, the power dynamics. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor, Political Science, Carleton University. Always fascinating, Elliot. Thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, you're very welcome, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.